I want you to go in your Bibles tonight to the book of Exodus chapter 3. I'm excited about the word. I just hope I can, I can release it and re- reveal it as God put in my heart because I believe it's a very prophetic word and about the moment that we are in, uh, the time I'm excited about what God is doing in the church. Uh, I tell people all the time now, people ask me, people that I have ministers that call me and we chat. I, I believe I'm more excited now. I'm being very honest that I have been in a long, long time because I believe God is doing some great things. And don't go by just what you're seeing with your eyes just around you. He's doing far, far more than that. Uh, one of the testimonies that came out of Sunday, we had such a powerful uh, service Sunday morning. Thank you for uh, receiving Dr. Lanise. She sent me a text today telling us how blessed she was to be here and we were just blessed by her being here. But we had a visitor in the house Sunday morning. I don't even know who was sitting behind them. And, uh, but I knew who they were and I messaged them later. And I said, told them I was so glad they were in the house and hoped they were blessed. And they said, the lady that was behind me spoke a word into my life. And God brought healing to me that morning. It didn't come from there, but it came from back there. So we're just excited. That's just one testimony of all the things that God did. And we're just so excited about what the Lord is doing. As I begin to pray and ask God uh, for this service yesterday, immediately, I mean the moment that I opened my mouth and said, God, what do you want to do? Tomorrow night on Wednesday night, I heard this word, release. I heard the word, release. And then as I began, the first thing that came to my mind, honestly, I thought about when God said, when he sent Moses, and that's where we're going to go tonight to Exodus chapter 3. When God sent Moses to command the release of the people of God. He said, let my people go. And then the Lord began to stir my heart. I got some notes. I had to write several things down began to stir my heart about this year. And I kept hearing the number, which I've heard before, so I'm not going to tell you it was something spooky, but it or just something supernatural. Let me say it better like that. That's a better, kinder way of saying it. I heard the word, or the number, 5780, which is the number that correlates with the year 2020 on the Hebrew calendar. We're in the year of the Hebrew calendar of 5780. Is that that right, Charlie? I began to do some research. I couldn't find what I wanted to find with it. And so I called my Hebrew scholar back there and said, Charlie, help me out. I'm feeling something. I'm sensing something. And what, what I ran across was, this is what I ran across, What was simply this. It is the year that slaves are freed. It's the year that debts are forgiven. It's the year that the mercies of God are manifested to the fullest extent. Wow. That's just what I found. Slaves are freed. Debts are forgiven. And the mercies of God, the mercies of God are are manifested to the fullest extent. Now, when I chatted with Charlie, I wish all this was mine, but some of it had to come from Charlie. Charlie began to do some research. And remember, God spoke to me about the children of Israel. How many, they were in bondage for 400 years. 
Now, you need to pay close attention tonight. They were in bondage for 400 years, and it was at the 400th year. Actually, they were in bondage 430 years, according to Scripture. And it was at that time that God, because God made it, it said, your kids, your children, Abram, are going to go into, they're going to go into bondage, and they'll be there for 400 years, and then I'm going to bring them out. Charlie brought some definition to me that this year, 2019, as we're ending it, is the 400th year of when the first slave, correct me if I'm wrong, of the first black man, the first slave, was brought into America and freedom was declared over their life. We're at that 400th year. Now think about this for a moment. I wonder why the enemy is wanting us to drag back into our past and see where God has us in this moment. He also brought to me that the word 5780 actually means to return. It means to return. Uh, and it comes from a word that I can't pronounce right. It's, it's spelled T-E-S-H-U-V-A-H. How do you pronounce that, Charlie? Teshuva, which means to return to its original. It's not just about returning, but returning to its original state or its original form. Now let's get into the book of Exodus, and I'm going to put all this together as I feel like the Lord has revealed into my heart. I'm so glad, again, for all of you are here, our guests that are in the house. I'm glad my friend Ben Schlinker is here with me tonight. It's been a long time, Ben, since you've been in the house with us, but we're glad you're here. In the book of Exodus, it actually means, the book of Exodus actually means uh, to be drawn out, or it means to exit, or it means to go out, or going out is what it means. And it's the story of God delivering the people out of Egypt. But you have to keep in mind, it's more than just, listen, it's more than just those, those Hebrew people getting away from slavery. They were actually being restored or returned back to their original position of what God intended for them. The word going out is the same word that we find in the book of Luke chapter 9 verse 31 when Jesus said his time of departure is at hand. The word departure there means going out. But what is he going out for? He's going out to redeem us. It's all a picture of redemption. What is redemption about? It's not just about forgiving you of your sins. It's not just about getting us into heaven. It is about restoring us into our original state of where God intended for us to walk. Wow, that ought to be making us run all over this house. But we got to break a slavery mentality. Because only slaves just want to get free, but not really know what they're getting free to do. Hello. So God speaks. It's been 400 years. The Bible says in the book of Exodus chapter 3, and I think we'll start reading at verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people. He's speaking to Moses. I take for granted everybody knows that. I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. 
and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptian and to bring them up from that land to a land that is good and large and flowing with milk and honey. Now when he's talking about that, he's talking about a lifestyle. He's talking about how they're going to live. He's not just talking about it's, it's lush. He said this is going to be the way you're going to live. It's large, it's good, and it's overflowing. If you're overflowing, you got more than enough. Hello, if you're overflowing, you got something to share with somebody else. If you're overflowing, then you got room at your table for somebody to come and eat. This is far greater. We were chatting about this the other day about family. At my house growing up, we had a big old round dining room table. Every Sunday afternoon, we would gather around that table. We would leave church and it would never fail that my mama would invite somebody else to come and eat. Sometimes it was more than one. It could be a whole family. I'd hear it just as clear as I'm talking to you. Well, you don't have, you haven't prepared for us. And I'd hear my mama say, all we have to do is put another pot the potato, you know, another potato in the pot. And there's something supernatural about that one potato mama put in that pot because there was always more than enough. I don't remember anybody ever skimping out. Now, you've heard my wife talk to you about how us boys eat chicken. I remember one day my daddy cooked 18 chickens for my family. I guarantee you every one of them were eight. That's a lot of chicken daddy threw out on that on that. I'm telling you, I'm just telling you, and man, it was every man for himself when we went to that table. Well, we didn't have, we possibly didn't have all the nice, the niceties of lunch. I remember the first time going to Diane's house when we were dating for dinner. Her mama, they were all real proper. They're the sweetest people you could ever imagine. She brought this little platter of chicken out there, and I'm thinking, what are y'all going to eat? <laughs> Because I just looking at that for me, that's how, that's how, that's how it works. But the point being is nobody went hungry. Why? Because there was something supernatural that was at that table. I don't know how God manifested it, but there was always more than enough. So when God says, I'm going to bring you into a place that is good, into a place, matter of fact, let's stop right there. Because you and I better understand something because religion and the world has put on us that if we excel in life and we, 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 we you, you know, we bust out in life that we must be prideful that cannot be God if we're living that way. So when God says it's good, what is God comparing to? You've heard me say this over and over and over. If God is saying it's good, what are you comparing it to? God could only compare to one thing, and that's himself. And God said, this is me. This is so much God for you to go into this place that is overflowing and that you have plenty of room and that you can enjoy life. But it's also inhabited. It's got the Hittites, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Amorite, the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come up to me, and I have seen the oppression for which the Egyptians oppressed them. Look at this passage. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh. 
Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh. Now, why is he talking to Moses and telling Moses, I'm going to send you? Catch the principle. Here's what God is saying. The earth is to be governed by the church. The earth is to be governed by us. You and I are praying for God to move, and God said, I'm waiting on you to move. We're asking God to do what we've been given the assignment to do. Now let me answer this question. I think I have preached all of this in one sense wrong to some degree. Why are they in bondage? I said they've been in bondage because of their sin. They failed somewhere. Well, to some degree, that's true. They have sinned against God. But you have to go back to Genesis 15. Matter of fact, let's just walk there for just a moment. Genesis chapter 15. God made a promise. He brought him out of the land of the Ur of Chaldees, right? And he says to Abram, follow with me. Abram, I'm going to bless you. Let me read that blessing exactly the way it is. He said, get out from your country. This is Genesis 12. Then we'll go to 15. He said, get out from your country, from your family, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. Curse those. Curse him who curses you. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. May I submit something to you. This was nothing new. This was the same blessing that was put on the first Adam that was put in the Garden of Eden. When God said, I will, and God blessed him and said, be fruitful, multiply, increase, have dominion, subdue, and walk in dominion. God said, this is his blessing. There was only one thing different in this blessing. I will exalt you or I will bless you above all the nations of the world. Why did he put that in there? Because sin had entered into the world and nations were following idols and everything else. And God said, I'm going to take those that will follow me, those that will put their trust in me. I'm going to raise you. I'm going to raise you above the nations. Matter of fact, I'm going to make the nations of the world jealous for what you've got. Come on. Are y'all with me? I'm prophesying to you tonight because we're getting it. God said this. He said this is a time of release. This is a time of release. The word release means to allow or enable to escape from confinement. God said, I'm going to bring you, I'm going to bring my church out of its confinement. It also means to allow something to move or act or flow freely. Matter of fact, one of the other definitions I think that Charlie, correct me if I'm, I am wrong. This is a kairos moment. A kairos moment. It is a moment of time that God, a supernatural moment of time that God, it's, it's like when God says, I brought you for such a time as this. All right, how many heard the prophet Sunday morning? How many heard the first prophet, prophecy she brought? I was writing as fast as I could write to get every point I could, and I couldn't. I'm listening to it over. Let me bring you a couple things. Listen to this. This house, she, talked, she said, I'm going to prophesy to this house. You're going to be a forerunner of glory. 
Healing is going to follow this house or will be filling this house. There's fresh oil in this house. God is going to use us in the marketplace to heal. Every one of us are going to be involved. New dimensions of signs and wonders and miracles. Beginning, listen to this, beginning of the set time. Beginning of the set time. God's going to cause us to heighten. We're going to come to new places. We're going to be a house of answers for those that come that are broken. And those that are, will come, they'll come in and they'll find answers and they'll find healing. She said, grab hold of this glory anointing. God is taking us into new heights. Get out of the old thinking. He is pouring fresh water over us. And then listen again, this is the set time. Two times the prophet spoke that. Now, why did God, why did God, when he said, I seen the affliction, I heard their cry, Why wasn't that enough to move the hand of God? Because he didn't move because they were in sorrow. He had already set the time. Hello? Sometimes you're in something, one out of it. And it's not that God doesn't know that you're not there. It's not that God doesn't feel your pain. He said, I'm with you. I'm sustaining you. And matter of fact, when you want to look at Israel, there wasn't a thing they really lacked there. They had every need met. They had food. It may have not been the steak and the filet mignon they wanted, but at least they had food because when they got out and didn't find it, they said, wait a minute, take us back to Egypt. At least we had leeks and onions back there. So they had their bellies full, even though it wasn't what they were wanting. They had shelter, they had a measure, but they had hardship. But there was something in them that says, wait a minute, this is not what we're supposed to have. So they're back there. And yet the Bible said in Exodus chapter 1, that as they begin, as Pharaoh began to take rule over them, the Bible said they begin to multiply. It was 70 that originally went into Egypt. Think about this. Seventy originally went into Egypt, and over 400 years of time, 70 turned into millions in that period of time. They were fruitful. They were increasing. They were still under a measure of the flow of God, even in their bondage, and God knew exactly where they were. But why didn't he move? Genesis 15. Genesis 15. God makes a covenant with Abram. God puts, tells him as he's making covenant with him, a deep sleep came upon. Ah, let me read. Where did I tell you to put all that stuff at? Verse 13, there we are. 13 and 14. After this sleep comes upon Abram. In verse 13 it said, then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them for 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve I will judge and afterward, you might ought to circle that word, afterward they will come out with great possessions. He said, they're going to go in. 
for 400 years, they're going to be in bondage. They're going to be in slavery. But then they're going to come out after the 400th year. Why did God move at that time? Because it was the set time. It was God honoring his faithfulness. If he would have done it a year before. If the moment. It just seems like through this passage of scripture. That everything has a time of life to it. And if it comes before it's time, then it's not going to be fully developed. The outcome, the purpose of what God intended will not fully be there. That's just like a child that's being born or a child that's in the womb. It's got to have, what, 40 weeks. And you want that child to go the 40 weeks. And if it doesn't, if it comes prematurely, the earlier it comes, I know that mama is ready. I know everybody's anticipating, but that baby needs the 40 weeks it needs its full time for it to be as healthy and have a bright future as much as it possibly can it seems like even in God there's a set time for everything you and I are just in the struggle and we feel like God has forsaken us and we feel like God doesn't know where we are but there is a set time to what God is doing and the prophet said the set time has come we are in the year 2020 almost we are there by the spirit we're in that moment of release we're in that moment of return listen to original state so God said 400 years you're going to be in Egypt in Exodus 46 1 through 4 The Bible said, so Israel took his journey with all he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifice to God with his father Isaac. Then God spoke to Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob, and he said, here am I. So he said, I'm God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make of you a great nation there. And I will go down with you in Egypt, but I will surely bring you up again. I will bring you up again. And I will bring you up again. And Joseph will put his hand on your eyes. How did they get there? You know the story. Joseph, when he's a young man, has a dream. He's got all these brothers. And he's seeing the will of God as he sees even his mom and dad. And he sees his family in a sense bowing to him and And they can't handle that. His brothers can't. The jealousy of that. So what did they do? They threw him into a pit. And they sold him into slavery. Which took him in to Egypt. And when he went into Egypt. He went in as a slave. But God's wisdom and God's mercy was upon him. And God's grace was upon him. And he elevated him real quick under the hand of the Pharaoh that was there at that day till there was no other greater. I think Joseph was as great as it could come other than Pharaoh. And then when famine and everything come on the land, his father and those began to seek out, began to seek out food and they found it at the hand of Joseph not knowing that it was Joseph The mercy of God that God had positioned to take care of the family. And sometime in your trouble, 
you're being taken care of more than what you can realize. Hello, I don't want to get stuck there. But God said, I'm going to raise you up and I'm going to bring you out. Now, over a period of time to make this, to get on with what I got to give to you. In Genesis chapter 50 and verse 24, the Bible said, And Joseph said to his brother, I am dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. I want to tell you, I'm speaking to me tonight. I've had a lot of promise that I felt like God, I'll never see it. But according to this, if it takes my lifetime to see it, if it takes me, what God promised back there, I've got to see. I've got to have it somehow. I've got to see it manifested because the set time had come. And the Pharaoh that was over Joseph at that moment had died. And another Pharaoh had rose up that knew not Joseph in the way that Joseph was known at that time. And now he becomes a wicked ruler. And he begins to put the people of God under bondage and conflict and under pressure. And the more pressure it got on them, the more that they increased and the more they grew. I'm here to let you know sometime you don't realize that sometime it's the pressure that's causing you to grow. I don't like it that way. It's not the way I want it to come, but sometimes it's the way I'm growing in God. I would have never grown had I not walked through that period of time. But the set time had come. Now God says, he comes down, I have heard, I have seen it, I've been with you the whole time. I believe that's why God said, I've heard your cry. I've seen your sorrows. I haven't left you one time. I wasn't going to let them completely overtake you. Yes, they put some pressure on you, but now it's time to deliver. And I have come down to deliver and bring you up out and to bring you into the place that I intended to bring you. Now I want to give you three things that God is restoring us to. Three things. It's just simple. It's all there found in the book of, uh, of Exodus. We've been preaching it for weeks now. Here's the first thing. He's returning us. He's returning us to His glory. He's returning us to glory. That's the first thing that the prophet said, I believe, the other day. We're a forerunner of glory. God is restoring us back to glory. Could we go back to the garden that Adam lived in the garden, in the glory? Now, you and I think that the glory is a cloud. You and I think it's a bright light. But the glory was the awesomeness. It's the radiance. I can't even express all that it is, to be very honest. But Adam lived in it and didn't know. He didn't realize. He didn't realize the value of it until he sinned and died to himself and died to God that he was wishing he was back in the glory. But isn't it interesting when God is returning his people back the first thing that he wants to bring them back to is his glory. Because remember Exodus 25, the Bible said, he said to them, have them that are willing bring me an offering that they will build me a sanctuary because there I will come among them. He would reveal his glory among his people. May I take it further? If you'll read into the book of Hebrews chapter 1, the Bible says this, talking about Jesus, that he was the brightness. Listen, he was the brightness of his glory 
What did Jesus do at the cross? He was redeeming us back to the Father. And the Bible says because of what happened at the cross, listen to this. It tells us in the book of Ephesians, the Bible says this, that I am now in Christ. And if he is the fullness, listen, if he is the express image of the glory, I'm telling you, I have been seated back in the glory through Jesus. The glory is resting upon us. Now we're coming to the fullest measure where that glory is seen like it's never been seen upon the body of Christ before. Wow. I don't know about you, but that excites me. He's bringing us back to glory. Second thing that he's restoring us, he's bringing us back to our fullest identity of who we really are. We've been talking identity for three, four, five years now. He's bringing us back. That's the thing. When he spoke, when he told Moses to go, he said, you go tell Pharaoh, let my son Israel go. He didn't go in and say, let these slaves go. He didn't say, let those Hebrews go. He said, let my son Israel go. Here's what I'm talking about when he brings us back to the fullness of identity. You're going to walk in the fullest measure of authority, listen, and understanding so that you and I will know how to, how to move and walk and live in the realms of the kingdom and see kingdom principles operate and manifest in measures you and I have yet to see them unfold. Wow. Wow. Then he's bringing us to the fullness of our promises. Wait a minute. The promise was a land that flows with milk and honey. You better get ready to quit living like a slave and start living like kings. That's why we've got to change. Remember one of the things the prophet said, she said, we got we to gotta change. We got to get out of our old way of thinking. A lot of times we're thinking about the old way of thinking is the old way of doing things. I've got news for you. You can live in a state so long that when you come out of it, you'll continue living that way because that's all you know. I shared this example recently with you. Chad was helping me on my, on my pool. I've got an electric cover that covers it, and it's kind of getting old and wore out, and I couldn't get it to work. I couldn't get it to move. And Chad come over. Man, that's got, a, that's got a rope on it. Seems like it goes from here to the end of the building and back. It's long, and we start undoing that rope. Now, that rope was good. Wasn't anything wrong with the rope, but when I pulled it out, I thought it would just lay down. But the rope didn't. It was coiling up. Why? Because it had memory in it. It has stayed cur curled up so long. All the, it's inanimate, but it's got a memory. It has stayed that way so long. That's all that it knows how to do is to stay curled up. May I... May I submit something to you that you and I can stay in trouble and difficulty and pain and heartache and pressure so much. That's why we keep looking for it because that's the only way I know how to live. It's interesting that one time statistics said that I forget exactly the, it was a great number of men and women that were in prison had been there a length of time that they would go back to prison. Why? Because they did not know how to live free outside of the walls of the prison. 
They've lived that way so long. Listen, I watch some of our military people that have been in it. They're lifers in it. I've watched some. You've been taught. You've been so rigid. Nothing wrong with it. But even when you're free from it and you're, you're still in that same routine, there's an expectation of certain things that's happened. Why? Because I've lived in it so long. But I'm here to tell you, God wants to free us. That's what he's talking about. It may have been good for Egypt, but it won't be good for where I want to bring you. Because if you don't change how you're going to live, God can put you in a lavish area and you'll make it a pigsty in a moment. Hello. Sometimes we don't realize. There was a story. Which one was it in the New Testament? I think. What story was it? Of when he went back. That God had given them an opportunity. Or maybe it was an Old Testament. You know the tribes that said. The tribes that had an opportunity to go. They said we're not going to go. Because we're good for cattle over here. But they chose to stay back instead of going in because the wilderness had become a lifestyle to them. But from history, from what I'd heard, that over time they went from being cattle. They went from being cattle people that now they're raising the swine. They went from something blessed that they went backwards to something's cursed. That's why we've got to change our thinking. Listen, you don't ch- listen. I know we got a coach here, and I know like Sunday morning, Dr. Lanise is one of those life coaches as well. These guys I know are spirit filled, and they're teaching godly principles. But I want to tell you, the change isn't just somebody telling you to think positive. It's not somebody telling you to think good thoughts or be kind because it's national. National, be kind to somebody day. The only way you're going to know is what does this Bible say, and I. I got to make a decision at that moment. I am going to choose to live by God's principles versus to live by the systems of this world. I heard something powerful this week that will blow your brain and did mine anyway. Be one of the guys that was preaching that said something like this. God's principles trumps all of your praying. You can pray, God, bless me. Bless me, God. But if you're not operating his principles, he can't do it. Wow, boy, that messes with us because we we just need to pray more. We'd see more happen. Maybe it's not in our praying. Maybe it's in our principles. Maybe it's in our idea, ideology. Maybe it's in how we're thinking. He said, I'm bringing you up. I'm getting you out of here. I'm bringing you to the fullest of my glory. I'm bringing you to the fullest of identity. I'm bringing you to your promises, to a land that flows with milk and honey. I want to tell you, if you and I aren't careful, I, I, I've had, I'm, I'm like possibly like some of you. I, I'm fighting that TV set, the news, and everything that's going on in Washington. I'm telling you, I can get so messed up in that, get caught up in that thing, and I'll start letting that dictate. I've got news for you. It's still going to be a mess no matter what happens up there. And you and I better put our focus on the one that is our source, and that is God. And his principles will trump the principles of this world. I believe it with all my heart. I believe that's why the church is going to rise, and the world is going to look at the church and say, why are you guys so blessed the way that you're blessed? God said, ask for big stuff. 
He said, I'm taking you to into a big place. I'm taking you to a big place. I get calls like this from time to time. Somebody said, well, we're praying that God would speak to you. I'm saying, why are you telling him to speak to me? Why don't you just tell him to move? Because he may not use me to get it done. He may want to choose to use Michael or Miss Adrian or somebody else. He, he may bring somebody that you've never, ever thought of, never dreamed of to bring. But if you put your basket, all of your eggs in my basket, and you think I got everything, you're going to fail. And if I put you there, I'm going to fail. I got to keep it, God, if you have to bring a company in here to give me a good job, God, you will move somebody from around the world to help me out. So he says, so he said, I've heard. I, I'm just telling you where I feel like God is saying in this next year. This has to be a real jubilee then. Then 2020 has got to be a year of jubilee. Remember, slaves are freed. I'm busting out. I'm busting out. If you're in slavery in anything, I'm not just talking about financial. I'm talking about in here. Man, we ought to be expecting supernatural healing and walking in health in this year. I'm not going to live on medication. Come on. I'm not going to live there. I'm expecting. I'm not 100% of where I want to be in my health. But I'm telling you, I'm believing God. That devil that throws something at me. I was helping my son. And, you know, I, kind of, I guess I just messed with my neck a little bit. Got it hurting a little bit. And that devil would keep telling me. I knew it wasn't healed. I'm telling you. But I kept saying every time, God, I know you're healing me. I know you're healing me. I go back to the chiropractor. I still go. I'm not being foolish. I'm still going. He said, you need to keep traction. See, I hadn't been doing traction for months. I haven't done it for months because I felt so good. I said, Doc, I feel good. He said, keep doing it. He said, you may feel good, but keep doing it. Well, I'm going to keep doing it, but at the same time, I'm going to keep believing God. You are my healer. You're my healer. I'm not going to live this way. Oh, come on, somebody. I believe in this house to be debt-free. Man, somehow, Pastor Val, I'm believing by the end of the year. I don't know how God can take care of three and a half million dollars, but I'm believing God. I've asked that all year long. God, we're believing you debt-free. Our old bus out there is starting to give us problems. We're spending, beginning to have to put a lot of money in it. I'm looking for a new van now. But I'm not wanting to borrow. I'm believing God to give us one. Somehow, God, supernaturally. I'm not looking for somebody's wore out one either. God's too big for that. We're believe. Come on, somebody. I got to believe for something big. I'm believing, listen, the addicts are going to get set free. I- I'm believing you're coming out of your slavery. We're not going to live in our past. It's just going to be a testimony and a byword. We are going to get free in this year. It is a jubilee year. Debts are forgiven. God, I'd, I'd come against the spirit of debt. Come on, mo- most of us live in debt. I'm not, listen, I'm not pounding anybody. I'm just saying if God is speaking, you and I better start, get God. I believe it. I don't know how you're going to move all of it, but I believe that every debt. But here's the thing. If you're holding somebody to their debt, you might be thinking about releasing them. This might be the season if somebody owes you something to say, I forgive you, I'm going to release it, I'm going to let it go because I believe God can do something bigger for me. We're the mercies of God. 
are manifested to the fullest. That word jumped on me and me. How did you say that the other day? We talked about the mercies of God where we were having coffee. You said that is a legal word of stay, right? A stay of judgment to the fullest amount. So when enemy starts bringing every accusation that he can, you got to understand there is a stay of judgment. Am I saying it right? That has already been said. It doesn't matter what he says. It matters what God said. That's why, church, listen. That's why we've been talking to you recently about when people come in, we're just going to love and accept people where they are. No matter what they look like, no matter what they're going through, and I'm going to believe the Jesus in me and the Jesus in you is strong enough and powerful enough to convict them. He don't need me to get up in their face. He just needs me to love them and embrace and believe that they'll be radically changed. He said, Moses, Moses, you got to go. Here's the deal. I got to land this jet. If the earth is governed by men, then you and I are going to have to hear what God is saying and start becoming an enforcer to what God has said. Hello, we become an enforcer. In other words, we begin to invoke that into the earth. I'm not going to pray that God does it. I just got to step up and start doing it. I got to start doing it. I got to start doing it. Man, you need to be here Sunday morning. I hope all of you are here. I know some of you are deer hunting. Lord, help those deer hunters. Help those deer hunters. Put us on the, what, what is that? Get us, on, get us on your phone. Take us and watch us on the phone while you're waiting for a monster to come out. I, what is it? Yeah, I go, put him on there. Just, just follow along with us. We'll take time out, let you shoot him, then come back and listen. But I'm going to be, if the Lord says the same, I'm going to be speaking on this topic. As it is in heaven, so shall it be in the earth. As it is in heaven. Man, that got all over me this week. But as it is in heaven. But we got to start enforcing. Moses, you go get into the face of Pharaoh. First thing that Moses said, Lord. Go back to Exodus 3. First thing that Moses said, Lord, but who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Listen, you and I got to get over ourselves. We just got to get over our mistakes. We got to get over our failures. We got to get over our defeats. We got to get over our blemishes. We got to get over our imperfections. And we got to realize that God has seen us. And in Him, I am righteous. In Him, I am holy. Matter of fact, I'm going to blow your mind for a moment. In Him, you are perfect. Hello, in Him you are perfect. That's not a license to keep sinning at all. Because the more we sin, the more it keeps messing with my mind and keeps me messed up from flowing in what He has for me to flow in. But He said, Moses, and the first thing that Moses said, but Lord, who am I? Who am I? Who am I that I should do this? God said, shut up, son. Just go do what I've told you to do. Just go get on with it. Who am I that I should bring up? And God, all God said was, I'll be with you. God didn't give him an argument. God didn't tell him he was all that in a bag of chips. He just said, son, I'm going to be with you. And then Moses said, but Lord, what am I going to say? Who am I going to say has sent me? Listen to this. God said, you tell him, I am that I am. Now, he's speaking to Pharaoh. But he's telling that to Moses because Pharaoh 
thinks he's the I am. He thinks he's that and a bag of chips. But what God is saying is, he said, he said, this is the ultimate statement. When he says I am, it's the ultimate statement of self-sufficiency, self-existence, immediate presence, not contingent on anyone. His plans are not contingent on circumstances. He will be eternally, constantly God. He stands ever-present and unchangeable, completely self-sufficient in himself to do what he wills and to do and accomplish what he wills to accomplish. He is the I am. So when he stands to speak that into the face of, he's talking to that enemy. And Moses said, but, but God, we got to have something more than that. And God put, give him three signs. And remember, they were only signs. He said, what do you got in your hand? He said, I got a rod, throw it down. And it became a serpent. It was a sign. Again, Because God knew he was going to contend. And he said, Pharaoh isn't just going to give up because you walk in. You're going to have to enforce him to let go. I believe that's with everyone. We're going to have to be enforcers and stand in the word in the face of our enemy. He threw it down. It became a serpent. And Moses got fearful. I would have jumped 100 feet. But he said, reach down and pick him back up by the tail. Now listen, he was going to stand in the face of magicians that had been, skeev- had been skeeving and been tricking and conniving the people of God to make them think there was something great. And God said, I just want them to see this is not the sleight of hand. Hello, I've given you authority. Then he said, I want you to put your hand into your, to your bosom. And he put his hand into his cloak and pulled it out and it was leprous. Turns it around and he puts it back in. And he pulls it out and now it's clean as it ever was. And God was saying, I'm the guy that can change the circumstances from good to bad. I'm the one that can bring good and evil. I'm the one that can do it. But I I didn't even realize this until I just crawled into this. But there was a third sign. And he said, I'm going to take the water of the Nile. And you'll bring it onto the dry land and I'm going to turn it to blood on dry land. Because the Nile River would flow down through that plain of Egypt where they were. And to the Egyptians that was their God and a source of life. And when he drawed that water up out of the dry land and turned it to blood. Remember what the word said, life is in the blood. God said, I hold the life. I hold it. He said, these are going to be your signs. But you're going to have to go in and enforce it. I believe at church, let me land right here because I could keep going and going and going. As individuals, it's time for you and I to understand the set time that we're in. That it's time for us to start enforcing this in our life and in our home. But I believe also when we're praying, as we're interceding for the people, that we're calling them into the life of God. God, I call them into your glory. I'm calling them into their true identity. I'm calling them into their promises because that is the plan and the will of God for every man. This is the year. It's the time of release that all the slaves are being released. Stand with me tonight. I'm going to pray over you right now. 
We're going to begin right now, tonight. I'm just going to begin to pray. I know we're going to pray over Miss Adrian. She's leaving us tomorrow, tomorrow, right? Heading to New York. She's going to be speaking in her home church and also doing a conference there. Be speaking two times in her home church on Sunday, right? But we're, we're going to pray for you. But right now, I want you to hold your hand, lift your hands to heaven. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, at the authority of your word. You said if we would believe you, we would be established. If we would believe your prophets, we would prosper. You sent a prophet in here to tell us two times that this was the set time. I've heard that more in the last few weeks that our due time had come. So I declare that it is the time of release. And I decree that every bit of slavery that has come upon us is broken off of us tonight. And that we are coming out and we are returning to the place that you have initiated for us. God, I decree to in the name of Jesus that what you started with all of us you will complete to the uttermost I call that spirit of slavery broke I declare that every bit of debt is broke the spirit of debt is broke off of our life off of this church in every form of it in the name of Jesus I decree tonight that everything that has held our promise is broke tonight every Canaanite every Hittite every Jebusite every Ide of any kind that is holding my promise get off in the name of Jesus I break your authority off of that I release the angels to bring forth our blessing and the authority of which God has called us to walk in tonight in the name of Jesus and everybody said hallelujah hallelujah you got something Hallelujah. Are we still recording? God spoke to my heart here. And he said, and to you pastors and preachers, hmm. you must share this. Tell my people, stop fretting. Hmm. On what's going on. Mm. For it is of me. Mm. I have established it. Mm -hmm. And I have said it. Mm. They have brought their idols. Into what is mine. Mm. And begun to speak with them. And to them. Rather than me. Ooh. They have plotted against me. Uh, you say they plot against you. They, but they, they have they plotted against me. A vain thing. They no. have said. That we will dispose of their God. And mm. we will do our thing. But I have set this yeah. in my hand yeah. by my purpose Woo! to reveal their foolishness. Ba, 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 ba. They have declared themselves wise, mm. but I will establish my wisdom mm. in the land by showing them the foolishness of which they are of. I said in my word that I would put a hook in the jaw of Gog and I would bring Magog and Gog into Meshach mm. Tubal and I would bring them down and cause them to come again my people and in doing so I will show myself strong and reveal the foolishness of what they have said they would do fret not church but begin to arrive yeah, 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 my yeah, servant yeah. just told you Woo! it is for us to begin to rule ba, 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 in the ba, 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 heavenly so places ba, 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 and what we rule in the heavenly yeah, yeah, places yeah, yeah, I will cause it to fall yes. into this life yes. into this world I said stop 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 Woo! fretting about this world. I have it. I've got it. I'll establish it. I'll prove it. And you will see it. Woo!
Yes! Hallelujah! Woo! Man, man, I received that. 